You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, my name is Miles Biggs. And I'm Alan Reynolds. Alan and I are proud to be your hosts for this podcast. In each episode of Test, Learn, Grow, we'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without any further ado, let's have one of those conversations and jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Test, Learn, Grow. Today we are joined by Kyle Talgen. He's a data scientist here with us at Level Agency as part of our enterprise data and analytics team. So Kyle, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Pleasure to be here. So before we get into just what a data scientist is at a marketing agency, I want to learn a bit more about Kyle, right? So what did you do before Level? What's your background? Sure. So I'm coming to level fresh off of a math PhD. So I got a PhD in mathematics from Case Western Reserve University. Did a whole lot there. I probably don't want to ask me too much about math because I'll <laughs> tell you, but but I, I loved that. Got some really great foundational training. And in, in, it was definitely pure math, but it was areas that are related to the things we care about. So I was a probabilist by training and not a statistician, but know a lot about probability and building different types of advanced models. And prior to that, I was in biomedical engineering for, I don't know, seven years or so. So I spent that time doing uh, specialized brain imaging. So trying to plot the connections between deep brain structures, trying to understand how to better basically zap people with Parkinson's to activate certain tissues and not activate other ones. Wow. And that's part of what got me into math was doing that modeling and not being able to understand the math and really wanting to do that. So, yeah. That could be a whole other podcast, it sounds like. <laughs> I, I could tell you tons about that. I have looked yeah, at a lot of Yeah, that sounds so interesting. We'll have to come back to that another day. So you get a math PhD. Did you ever at any point think you'd be working at a marketing agency with a math PhD? Or is this was this part of the plan? Yeah, I would say it's part of the plan insofar as in doing the BME, the biomedical engineering stuff, I had gotten plenty of experience with sort of hacking together different technologies and, and making things work in a day-to-day. And I went into the math PhD and knew I was probably going to circle back into industry somehow. And part of the reason I picked the particular area of math I did was knowing that it worked well for data science and that that abstract math training with the sort of hacking skills I had gained in BME would work really well and were only going to become more valuable. And part of the reason that I did it too is it's industry agnostic. Frankly, just about any industry, they care about data. Like they're all about how do I find my data and how do I interpret it and make better decisions? And so when I was applying to stuff, I was open. I probably applied to 20 industries. I could be working in agriculture or banking or cybersecurity or digital marketing. I was was industry agnostic and was really looking for the right fit. So I'm really pleased to be here at Level, not because I set out to be a digital marketer, but because the culture rocks here and I can do good work in, in a lot of settings, including this one. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're here at Level. You love it, which is great. I love to hear that. And as a data scientist, so our topic today is data hygiene. I'm curious if you could explain to folks you know, what a data scientist is at a marketing agency. Let's start there. And then we can roll into, okay, as a data scientist, why is data hygiene important to you? And you know, how that factors into your, your day-to-day job here and stuff we do with our clients. Sure. Yeah. So as far as a data scientist, 
you know, data science can be a little bit of a catch-all phrase and it can have different varieties or flavors depending on where you are, including in the same sort of places, you know, one data, one digital marketing agency, I might be doing rather different work than in another. Here at Level, we're trying to evolve our data capacities. The idea is, hey, we're really good at using data to serve our clients' needs, but we want to build a higher level of expertise to go beyond what you can do, you know, in the more run-of-the-mill day-to-day. Like a given media analyst knows how to interpret data and, and try to make good decisions based on it. But what can we do beyond that? How can we say, gather our data from clients A, B, C, D in one vertical, compare it with clients in some other verticals, learn from all of those to then say, make smarter media buying strategies. So that's a big process. That's not a small, simple thing. You have to understand how to collect that data. Are we collecting it well? This will feed in nicely to data hygiene. Is it the right data? What models are we going to use to apply to actually to predict these things? How are we going to store our data? You know, data science tends to run that whole gamut from collection inspection to modeling to architecting. And depending on the exact role and the skill sets of the individual, you'll be more heavy in one versus the other. So someone like me gets hired in particular because I've got the, the technical depth to do really high end modeling. So that's one of the things we're going to be working towards here is, you know, what are the cutting edge models? Which ones are appropriate? Which times would people just use them, but they're using them inappropriately? And if you listen to them, you're actually failing. Those are the types of questions I'm going to be best at, but I have enough of the other skills too. And yeah, we can, we can lead into data hygiene. There's plenty more to say there. Yeah. So let's take it there. So this concept of data hygiene, like, like the phrase data scientist, right. could mean different things to different people. How do you define it in your role? When we say data hygiene, it means X. Yeah. So data hygiene means having data of sufficient quality to do what you need to do, frankly. So it it actually is application dependent. Your data might be clean enough for certain things and not clean enough for other things. And it's based on what you want to do and what your goals are. So if your goal is to build really high end artificial intelligence, neural network, you might need some pretty good data of, of, of certain types. If your goals are simpler, you might not need great data. Now, when I'm saying clean versus unclean. Data has characteristics like completeness. So you might have data, but you're missing fields. So, you know, when we talk about data, you usually have sort of two different dimensions. You have the number of records and the number of things you know about the records. So, or samples maybe is a better word. So oftentimes we talk about the sample space. So sample space is how many people or things do you know about? And then you might have the feature space, which is how many things do you know about? Well, One question is, are you capturing the right data? Is it complete? So you might be capturing 25 things about all your customers, but frankly, you're missing three variables that are the most important. Well, that would be part of data hygiene. You're just not capturing it. Um, And one, frankly, that people often don't notice, that one's not, not as apparent because you don't know what you're not capturing sometimes. To give one that's usually, that can be more apparent is inconsistencies. So you can have data where maybe it's transaction data and you have the same customer making transactions. So you have multiple records for that same customer, but it's not registering as the same customer in the, both those transactions. It could be something as simple as the name's not getting captured right. Another one could just be blank values. So you might have in your records, you know, maybe 10% of your records are missing a field. 
Well, a lot of times for different applications, you just can't use those. So it's almost like that data is not there. So data hygiene is having these different characteristics of data be good enough for whatever it is you want to do. And as my answer is probably already shown, that's different in each scenario. There's not a one size answer right. to that. Yeah, because my gut reaction to that statement is, well, how do I know it's good enough? Right. Like, like, where's the where's the where's the ruler to know where I fall on this? And it, it sounds like it's just so situationally dependent, right? Depending on the industry you're in, the, the data itself, what you're trying to do with it is all going to come into defining. Is it good enough? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, you know, and it's even just project dependent, like inside of level, right? A given project, we may have good enough data for this. We may not have good enough data for that. And so, I mean, one of the reasons a data scientist exists is to be able to spec that sort of stuff out and be able to answer those sort of open-ended questions. And hopefully, if they're any good, present them well to say, hey, here's what I think we do. Here's what I, we can't do. Here's how we could move to what we want to do. But here's how hard it would be. Because a lot of times with this, it's, you know, you can get data really clean, but it gets increasingly hard the cleaner you want it. Oh, I should highlight at least one more that's really common for data hygiene is outdated data. So in something like marketing data, one of the most, uh, one of the central ways you might have data that's not clean is that it's just old. Because frankly, a good way to think about data, especially in say a digital marketing space, is the minute you have it, it starts to decay. And it depends on the situation how quickly it decays, but you shouldn't think of it like, hey, I've cleaned it, now it's just static and good. No, no, no. Think of it more, I, I like, I've been doing some posts on data hygiene. Think of it like brushing your teeth. You have to clean your data constantly. Think of this as a, a hygiene issue. You don't take a shower once a week or once a year, right? Sure. You take them continually. That's how the hygiene works. That's frankly how data hygiene needs to work. Yeah, it's such a such a great comparison using that exact word hygiene, dental hygiene, personal hygiene, right? It's a, it's a daily habit. And if we're all honest with ourselves, like a lot of companies listening to this private brushed their data teeth in a very long time. <laughs> so yeah. speaking to those people, right? We've got business owners, you know, C-suite level people that listen to this podcast. If they're listening to this and they're starting to think, when was the last time we brushed those data teeth, right? What kind of plaque we got growing in our servers? Where do you start this process? Where do you, you know, great, we're going to get, we're going to increase our data hygiene, but like, what does it look like? How do you begin to scope out this project? Who should be involved? Talk to me. Yeah. The, so, so, so far the answer to all the questions are, man, there's a lot of different ways to see go. Sure, this yeah. one is absolutely no different because there, there is just not a one size fits all answer to that question. It depends a ton, for instance, on, well, one, what are your goals? And two, what is your technical infrastructure? Like what you can't just go from wherever you are to saying we're going to have perfect data in six months. Like you don't even know what your data problems are, or at least you probably know some of them because whatever they are, they're causing you troubles, but you right. probably don't know all of them nor quite how hard they are to fix. So part of the first, I would say the first step is some discovery it is actually how do we, can we look at our data and get some sort of baseline for measuring how good it is in conjunction with that really is an assessment of what are our technical capacities? You know, do I have the right person in the right chair who can actually make such an assessment? Do I, as the leader, even know the terms or what to look for? How do I know if that person is telling me the right stuff or not? Like some people, like, I think we're, we're pretty lucky here that Patrick Patterson, our owner, like he's a technical guy. Like if I were trying to BS stuff, he would know. Like he, he, he would get that. That's not going to be the case for all people. So you got to, you got to understand, do you have the right person to give you advice there? Um, 
but frankly, yeah, you've got to assess first. Think, think of it. Let's let's stick with the health analogy. Pretend you're the one difference is with health, you tend to know if you're in crappy health. So if you're, you know, 200 pounds overweight, you have diabetes or whatever issues you might have, like pick, pick whatever the issue, you'd see it, you would know it. Well, with the data issues, sometimes you're, it's not as apparent. Yeah, well, to add on that, though, like, you only know you're 200 pounds overweight if everybody around you is not 200 pounds overweight and you've got that comparison point, right? So that's fair. You could be going through your corporate life and your peer groups. If nobody's talking about data and you, you don't know, right? You wouldn't know if you're, I think that that is what happens. Like until you're exposed to a conversation like this and you ask that question, you're going through life thinking you're thinking everything's fine and then realizing you're not in good health, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I want to stress, though, you really actually one thing that everyone can do, though, up front is make sure they have clarity on what they care about, because this data, as opposed to nor well, actually, this is this holds even in the human health perspective, like what's healthy enough for one person might not be healthy enough for someone like you who's trying to run a marathon. Sure. Right. But if your goal isn't to run a marathon, you don't need a certain level of of data hygiene or personal hygiene in this this case. So understanding for your industry and your setting, what's good enough, and you may not know that, that's fine. That uncertainty, that's part of business life, part of life in general, but don't come into this in the abstract and just say, I want perfect data. It's always, is it what good enough for what I want to do? And one thing you'll discover probably is you might start off and just have the data so-so, but as you're understanding what it means to have cleaner and better data, you can also understand what you might do with it. And so you can then make the cost benefit analysis because there's always going to be a cost to making your data better and keeping it better, right? What I'm talking about, we've already highlighted, it's not a one-time thing. So being able to gauge accurately, how much is this going to cost me to keep it clean? And am I getting enough juice for that squeeze? Like, is that actually, because it might not be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a what you just said is a great point. It goes back to what we said about how you know if it's good enough. I asked that question earlier. You know it's good enough if you define at the outset what it is you're trying to accomplish and what you care about, right? Then that becomes that the ruler that you measure by. And then, like you said, as you go through it, that might change. As you get into the project, you learn more and start to do different things with it. That can move and you can iterate, but you at least need to figure out what are we trying to do here? And I think that's probably where a lot of people fall short. They go into it, like you said, Oh, I heard we have to do this data hygiene thing. So, hey, just clean all the data, clean it up, make it perfect. And that's 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 not the right approach because you're it's it's never going to be completely perfect, right? You're, we're always trying to attain some level of perfection, but it's a dynamic environment. Whereas you're making one improvement, it, it's affecting something else down the line, or a new variables change, and it's an ongoing process. Yeah, start start with your goals. If you if you if this isn't a central issue for you, make sure you understand the parts you can understand well. And theoretically, what you should know well is your business, or at least what the core of it is. Don't worry about extra things you might get for better data up front. Start with what are my goals, and is my data hygiene hurting me there? As you work towards there, then you can start exploring what new stuff might be possible. But yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And so it starts with identifying what you want to do. It probably starts digging into what you just said with what do you want to do in a one specific area of your business to start a project like this? You're not looking at the entire business. Yes. Pick a microcosm, focus on that, see what you learn, then apply it elsewhere. So I let, think that's so good. Yes. Yes. Please start small. You, one, one way to make your technical people hate you and probably doom them to failure, in all honesty, is to take a really big, if, if this isn't 
it's different if you're into this. Like if this is something you've already been doing, you're deep in the process. But if you're starting out, don't jump in and say, here's what the whole agency is going to look like in one year or something. Because you just don't know. This is going to be messy and hard. Focus is so good. Absolutely. So we, let's say we pick our focus. We know our goals of what we're going to do and how we're going to define what's good enough to add. Once we do those steps, is the next step like, all right, let's look at the data. Let's pull a data set and start seeing what we have here as it pertains to what you said before about blank fields or incomplete data. And you start like, do you then start grouping it into certain things you have to fix? Or like what, what's the next phase here? Yeah, well, actually you can't. So you can understand what your big picture business goals are. You can pick an area you want to really look at, like this, say this given project or this given client, we want to we want to assess this. But then you can't set more particular goals for that project without looking at the data. So you, you actually need to look at the data first before you can set those goals. And undoubtedly, you have some ideas as to how good your data are. Like you, people are working with this day in and day out. They'll know if there are things right or not right. Maybe not all of them, but they'll know some of them. Sure. Uh, you, so you start looking at it. And so that lets you set the goals and understand what's good enough. So if you're just trying to report in a dashboard and the trouble is you're just not getting complete enough data, well, that's a technical issue. You can just figure out how to, you know, is it, is it the, actually it might be a number of things, but let's say it's just a technical issue. You're not actually correctly getting your conversions from Google into this for some reason. Well, that can be fixed. If you're trying to build models off of it, well, then you might have to assess what sort of models, what, what data what's going to be enough data? Do we have enough throughput for these models? So it depends on what quite you want to get out of it in that project. Yeah, which again goes back to having a goal. And I think really a better way to phrase that in our our spirit of test, learn, grow here would be asking yourself as a, a business leader, a business owner, like, what do you want to learn from your data, right? Like, or what's something you're curious about? What do you want to learn in your business or market or about your customer? And the answer lies buried in the data. And then that becomes the lens you're looking through. Like, so you, you form the hypothesis, what's the curiosity, what the problem we're solving. And then that helps everything that you've been talking about and define it for that particular instance. And then you, you're going to have to redefine it for another instance. But then the goal is you've learned some things the first time that you can apply to the second time and it gets easier the more you do it. And, and I should say you can have, it's not a ridiculous approach, to have an exploratory mindset if you're starting out this process. So you might, if, if you start this process and it's in some client where you like, we've got urgency, well, that might not be the best setting to, to start doing this. Where it's like, man, sure. when you do it by the end of the month, cause you don't know going in how hard it's gonna be. So it might be great to instead say, hey, we've got this pool of data that we don't think we exploit very well. And we don't quite know what we get out of it. Let's do an exploratory project for X number of hours for these one or two people. We want them in two weeks to look through it and come back with their findings and say, here's what we found. Here's here's grading on how good we think it is based on some actual you know, consistency, completeness, whatever criteria. And then between them and maybe some managers, let's brainstorm. Could we do something like this? It, how hard would it be to make it cleaner? And what might what might we get from that could be a very good first project to just start thinking through this process of, well, one, understanding the discovery, and then you can generate hypotheses. You can generate, say, hey, if we put in two hours a week to a steady process once a week for a month, would our data get to this level of cleanliness? Could we then offer, do whatever action based on what we would learn? Yeah, all that makes sense to me. And now my brain's jumping ahead 
to let's just assume we've got all this figured out, right? We've, we've picked the problem. We've got everything in place. We're working through it. The final product of what we're talking about here, like we do all the things and we've got our, our clean enough data for a specific thing. What does it look like at the end? Like what, how can we paint a vision here of what's possible? Like after all the hard work, cause you said it is hard. Once you get to that point, what are some of the things that it will allow you to do? What are some decisions you can make or what are some of the things we've learned even on specific clients as examples because of good data hygiene? Yeah, I think one thing among numerous is transparency and the ability to actually pinpoint key insights quickly. So, you know, one of the reasons we try to keep ourselves healthy is so that we can do stuff at critical moments. Like you want, you want things ready when you need them. So if your data is in a good spot, when you need to quickly be able to inspect to understand what's happening, you, you can do that. You don't all of a sudden dive in and find out everything is terrible. Uh, another thing you could do is, well, you can do more advanced modeling. You can actually do some neat predictive things because you, you're capture the data sufficiently to train the models, to then glean insights, things you can't notice off of a few sample points, just looking at them with the human eye. But if you've got hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of data points across some clients, all of a sudden you might notice some things that would totally change your media buying strategy. Or maybe even better is to think of it live. Because a lot of times one of the things that's different from the background I'm coming from in science versus say a digital marketing background is things are changing dynamically. It's you know different seasonal changes, different news cycles, who knows what might influence how people are acting. And so if your data is clean, say you've got a, a system where you're, you know, just like you brush your teeth every day, every day, the new incoming data is being cleaned live. Well, then what you might be able to do is build a, a modeling platform where then live you're catching changes in consumer behavior quicker. And maybe in an automated way, you can shift your media buying strategy to reflect that, to better leverage that and, and to perform better for your clients. I have to punt just a little bit on the examples at level only because this is week eight for me. So I'll, no, I'll get fine. there, but we're, we're still discovering some of those things at this point, frankly. Sure. But all that makes sense. I think, you know, just as a, I can give a personal example, you know, I'm, we work in HubSpot, right? We're a certified HubSpot solutions partner. And I was building a reporting dashboard in HubSpot and I was only able to do that and have it be worth anything because we did work to clean up the data in HubSpot, how we're using it, how people are tagging certain contact properties and classifying them in certain ways. So it made sense and it followed a set of rules. We had to go and clean it up and have good data hygiene because it was a mess and nobody, and not everybody was doing it the same way. So if you pulled a report, it wouldn't really mean anything. If we made decisions off that report, it would be wrong to your point earlier, like when you should not follow it. But now it's clean and it's to a point where it's clean live. And so I can set up these dashboards so I can look at any given moment and get a, an accurate snapshot of where things are. are. And that's, that's an example. But to get there, it took us probably six, seven months of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just getting data in, figuring out it's broken because we had to get it in to know it was broken, to your point. Identifying what we'd like it to do. Look at this. We followed your process without even knowing it, Kyle. Figuring out what we wanted to do then defining how it should be used, cleaning up what was there, training people on how it should be used moving forward, inspecting that expectation so that's actually happening. And now we have enough data in there that's correct that I can build a dashboard and look at specific models, see trends, and it's like, yes, I I believe this now versus looking at it and such wild fluctuations because it was all wrong. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's that's a real world example that we, we can use. Uh, just a small example. And that's just like 
sales forecasting and HubSpot. If you think about what you said about transaction history and people counting one customer as two customers, think about the impact it would have to, if it's a publicly traded company on analysis being done for shareholder shareholder reporting and things like that. Like it's some big impacts here if the data is not clean. So actually, you, you made me think of two things. One, I should have said earlier, but I really want to highlight to say the other one first, though, is a really good way to think of data hygiene to shift the analogy is to think of it as infrastructure. If you take the t- infrastructure is hard to put in place. Think of how hard it is to put in bridges or, or highway sure. construction projects. Think of how hard it is to set in a sewer system. I don't know if, you know, in Cleveland, they've had to redo the sewer system because it's uh, a century old, but it is absolutely essential to the functioning. Think of the internet backbone and actually setting that stuff up well. That's a pain in the butt. But think of what you get when you actually set it up properly. It has a, it can have a massive multiplier uh, effect on how effective you can be. So that's one point is, is another good analogy to keep in mind. Data hygiene is very much an infrastructure thing. That's a great analogy for sure. Yeah. The second one though is that your, your example brought up that I should have mentioned so much is a huge part about of this is standardizing uh, processes and setting protocols for how, say, individuals act. Things that are as simple but absolutely critical as naming conventions and making sure that you're consistently naming fields, making sure that you're documenting things. So it's say not just having standards, but someone can look and find the standards. So I like at level, we have things like the guru cards where we can go and find these things, but there should be a standard protocol for how the Grow One team does things. Frankly, one of the things I think we'll move to, but it's not a simple thing. If it took your team six or seven months, think about how hard it'll be for level agency, but we want to move to agency-wide standards and, and getting everyone to function certain ways when we do the same tasks so that if, say, someone switches teams, they don't have to relearn how to do stuff. Right. Or say I, I, as someone who's not in a just single uh, vertical team, but will pull data across teams, I shouldn't be lost if I look at the Grow One team versus B2B one. You know, I, I actually need that to be consistent, yeah. especially if I want to pull their data together. Think of how bad it'll be for me if one team is missing certain fields, another team has, you know, it, it could be chaos. Yeah, it's a mess. A and the same would go for any 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 other business. Like we talk about teams, but think about departments, you know, mm-hmm. what the accounting department does versus engineering versus purchasing versus sales and marketing, right? It's coming and speaking that same language. It's a data language, right? It's super important. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I'm going to draw the line here because I feel like if we don't, <laughs> we'll go for three hours because there's so many different ways we could take this, but this has been really interesting. And I really appreciate how you took something that could be somewhat a complex thing for people to wrap their brains around. When you think about data and math and things that, you know, aren't typically in like marketing for many people is more of the artistic side of things. Right. But more and more it's not, it's these types of conversations that are driving the future of marketing. So I appreciate you bringing it and throwing in the personal like fitness and hygiene examples. So I know it helped me kind of visualize and comprehend what you're saying. I'm sure it did for the listeners too. So thank you. This was a great conversation. You're welcome. I'm, I'm happy to join anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information about what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. And do not forget to rate and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.